Welcome to the Student Ministry Podcast by Lifeway. We're really glad that you're here today. We would love to hear what you think of the podcast through the rating and review system of your podcast platform. So we read those. They help us get better. They help us learn so we can continue to craft this podcast for something that you as the youth ministry leader enjoy and love sharing with your youth ministry friends. So uh, speaking of that, it would be great if you shared this podcast with your youth ministry friends. That would be fantastic. But we do read those ratings. We do adjust the podcast based on what you say. So that would be super helpful. I'm your host, Ben Trueblood. Today on the episode and last week's host, producer Nathan. What's up? How's it going? Good to have you back. Yeah, it's good to be back. Thank you for uh, uh, jumping in and hosting last week. Great episode as we kicked off this uh, little series on parent ministry. Um, we're also excited to have Chad Higgins back with us for episode number two in a row on this topic. Chad, thank you for being back with us again. My pleasure. You know, Nathan really, f- he filled in strongly last week. So No, producer, yeah, producer Nathan, like, producer has been in the title for a long time, but he does a lot more. There's, mo- there's more than just producing that happens from Nathan, so we're, he can, uh, utility player for sure. So I wanted to take just a second. I know you guys talked a little bit about this last week, but you guys, if you've been listening to the podcast for a long time, you've heard Chad come on the podcast before. He's been on episodes in the past. Chad was one of the original founders of Youth Ministry Booster. You know, Youth Ministry Booster became uh, part of Lifeway Students a couple years ago. And Chad, we've continued to work alongside Chad. Well, it's super exciting. Now, Chad has officially come on full time with us at Lifeway students to fill the role of parent ministry specialist. So one of the things that we get asked a lot, and I was yesterday, I was speaking at an event here in Tennessee. And after I got done speaking, there were two people from the crowd that came up and just said, Hey, what do you guys have coming out for parent ministry? And I was able to say, listen, we've just hired a new person on our team. Who's going to be thinking about resourcing student pastors to minister to parents, to pastor parents, to help parents become more effective disciplers of their kids. This is an emphasis that we are stepping into deeply in LifeWay students. And uh, Chad, as our parent ministry specialist, is going to lead that effort. And uh, so I'm really excited. This is, you know, our desire is to design trustworthy experiences that fuel your ministry, youth pastor. And we believe that parent ministry is such an important part of the ministry that you do, that we are investing in it, we're creating in it, and there's there's going to be some new things from LifeWay students coming out to help you pastor parents and tackle that whole parent ministry side of your role in the coming weeks and months. And so I'm really excited about that. And I know you guys touched on that yesterday, but just to reiterate where LifeWay Students is going and Chad being full-time on our team, man, I I couldn't be happier that you're that you're a part of our everyday work now, even though we've been working closely. Yeah. I, I'm super stoked to have you on the team. Well, just to get to focus on it full-time is going to be really, really excited and not between multiple things. And yeah, and I think parent ministry and I know my time as a student pastor, and we've talked a little bit about this, my time as a student pastor, parent ministry resources were the thing that 
when I was younger was the thing that I was like looking for the most. And so yeah. creating those on our own can sometimes be hard, especially for, you know, maybe somebody who's in their early twenties, not married, doesn't have kids, any of those kind of things, that feeling of like, what do I do with these old folks? Right. Uh, and like, <laughs> yeah. how, how do I minister to them? And, uh, and so there's all those kind of questions. I've even gotten messages from a couple of people already that they're like, Hey, hey, you got any resources for me? I'm like, bro, I've been on the job for like <laughs> 10 days at this point. I'm right. still trying to figure out how to get logged into my email correctly. <laughs> so, What's the holdup here? We yeah, yeah man. Like, how come there's not a curriculum out yet? You know? So <laughs> I love it. Well, it's going to be good. And I, I, you know, when, as things come out, we'll definitely talk about it in, uh, through the podcast and let, let all of you know that those things are happening, but be on the lookout for that. And uh, we want to continue the conversation that you guys had yes, uh, last week, continue to talk about this issue of parent ministry. And I think the place to start today, you know, you guys did a great job with last week's episode and let's begin today with that. Chad, kind of what you were saying is, you know, usually a, a student pastor's first step into ministry, there's not a lot of context for what it means to be a parent. There's, there may not even be context in having a spouse, and that can create a really intimidating environment for the youth pastor who at some level is trying to prove themselves, who's trying to say, I belong here. I deserve to have your trust. I, I, I deserve to have this role of a pastor. And yet there are just things that, that they don't know. I know I was in that spot. I was married as a young youth pastor, but I was 22 years old, married one year and had no idea what it was like to have a kid. Sure. And so, you know, I think sometimes, and I would certainly say this about myself, there was a, I have to have all the answers. I have to know everything and I have to come across like I I have lived a full life, even though I hadn't yet. And so we, when, we, when we do that, we can get ourselves in a little trouble. Youth pastor, if that's you and, and you're in that spot, or maybe you're a little bit later in your student ministry journey and you're still kind of saying, man, I, I still really don't know the parent connection piece. Let's start here. Well, first I would like to say, it doesn't mean that you're unqualified to not have the answers to every one of their questions. Right. And that's okay. You're learning and growing too. But let's dive into this. Is it really the job of the student pastor to disciple parents? Yeah, I, I think that's such an important question. And to go back to what you were talking about, you know, when, when we, for many of us, when we first step into the role of student pastor, we are determining what excellence or good student ministry looks like based off of our own experience as a student in many cases, mm. right? I remember what I thought the job was about coming out of high school. And I'm like, I got to get really good at ping pong and I need to know <laughs> how to order pizza, right? Quickly, you realize there's more to the job than that. But you're primarily looking at the job from the perspective of a student. As you get older, you start to look at the, the role from the perspective of many people. You as the youth pastor, how you see excellence, how your senior pastor may see excellence, yeah. and then how do parents see excellence. So before we dive into the question of is parent ministry in the role of students, I think we can answer the question. I'm going to shoot it back to you, Ben, because I would love to hear your response. What do you think the role 
of the youth pastor is at the most basic level. Yeah, man, at its most basic, I think it's reaching and discipling teenagers. Yeah. It's, it's focusing on a particular age group to see as many students come to know the Lord and learn how to walk with him as we can. And, you know, based on your context and where you live, that phrase as many takes on a lot of different forms. Sure. For some, you may live in a big place, a big city, and there are more available. Others might be in a rural area one middle school, one high school kind of situation. And that as many might be something different, but I think there's still a, a vision for in my place where God has called me, I'm going to reach as many and I'm going to teach as many how to follow him as I can. Yeah. I, th- I think that's such a, a great definition and, and view of it. Right. Because then you get to start putting everything into its perspective. Like if, if that's our focus and that's what we're trying to do, it does give purpose to even things where we're like, why are we doing this? Right. Like yeah. the goofy game night in its, in its own like sense is kind of pointless. Right. But when we start to understand, okay, part of me accomplishing my task is developing relationships, those type of things. The goofy game night then has purpose. With yeah. that being said, if our goal is discipleship, I think that, connecting with parents and helping parents learn what it looks like to walk faithfully in front of their kiddos, then we can create a richer, fuller disciple um, that looks more and more like Jesus. And, And I think the impact not only just lives in their middle school and high school years, but we're teaching that kid what it means to grow up and be an adult that then would one day disciple their own children. Hmm. Uh, and that has to be modeled for them. Cause I, I don't know about you, but I mean, I talked to so many people, even pastors, when we, when we start talking about parent discipleship, they go, well, it was never modeled for me. Like that, that didn't right. happen in my own life. And so they don't, they don't really know what that looks like or, or how to do it. And so I think at a very core level, if we want to make a huge impact in discipling students, I think one of the top, and, and I'm not just saying this because it's now my role, even, <laughs> a, even as a youth pastor and as a campus pastor, discipling parents to disciple their kids has to be a top priority for us in the way that we plan and focus and think about ministry. Yeah, I completely agree. And it's something that I missed. I would say for maybe the first 40, 50% of my ministry as a student pastor, sure. like I would say I tried to have relationships with parents. I would say I tried to be friendly. I would stop in the hallway and speak to them or greet them at drop off and things like that. But I would also say that the discipleship that I entered into was student focused. Was I am going to give this time to disciple teenagers, but what you articulated is exactly right. And it's something that I began to learn from other people over the years. And that is if their parents are walking with Jesus, then their likelihood of passing that on to their kids is much greater even than me passing it on to their kids because they have so much more time 
with their parents. And those are the ones who, I mean, we know from research too, that the parents have this place of influence in the lives of their kids that is not matched by other, by other, by other people in their lives. Now we know too, and, and you guys mentioned that you guys mentioned that in your, in in y'all's episode last week, where we kicked off the series is that a parent walking with Jesus is a key component to this. So what about those parents who aren't walking with Jesus, don't know Jesus? What is the student pastor's role in initiating that work? I I think it's front line. I mean, yeah. you you may or may not be like one of the first pastors that they've had contact with, but Specifically, if their kids coming to your, you know, event on Wednesday night, or you know what I mean, like there's been some sort of connection made, trust built with, you know, the uh, with the student. I, I think at a respect level, even it's important as an adult who's having a relationship with a, a kid that we would reach out to mom and dad, even at the basic level of. I, I want to build trust with mom and dad that they would know me, right? Yeah. Um, just for safety, you know what I mean, on that whole level. Um, but then that's an opportunity, an open door to share the gospel with with this mom and dad that that you care for them, that you love them, and that you want them to know truth as well. And what easier door than, hey, I just want to share with you a little bit about what we talk about on Wednesday night mm-hmm. um, and being able to open that conversation in that way of, Hey, here's what we're walking through. And then getting to have, ask those questions of mom and dad of, Hey, tell me about your past. What is, does this resonate with you? What, when you hear God and Jesus, like, what do you think about? And beginning to, to have that conversation um, is, is huge. And, and not just for our job, but like, us as disciples of Jesus Christ, that that yeah. we would enter that conversation, I think, is just faithful ministry. Yeah. You guys mentioned last week something that goes right along with this that I'd like to drill down in a little bit and give some real practical tools that youth ministry people can take away from this episode and, and start to do. And that is working alongside the other staff at the church. Now, again, your context matters here. If you're listening to this podcast, it can be, you may have multiple people on a staff. You heard Chad mention that he was, his most recent role was a campus pastor. And so he was in a place where he was leading youth pastor and he, he had, so that's a different kind of role, different size church. You might be at a place where it's one or two other staff members. But regardless of that, the principle that I think is really important that came out of y'all's conversation is working alongside other staff members to give a holistic approach to seeing parents become disciples. Yeah. Um, and that that looks different than making sure the parent is in a Sunday school class. Mm-hmm. And I think that's an extra step that in in a lot of places the student pastor is going to have to be really good at humbly leading laterally and even leading 
up in some circumstances to make sure that's happening. So let's try to get real practical. And Chad, what would you say to a youth pastor uh, that's that's sitting in that spot and saying, okay, I'm seeing what we need to do here. How can we get our staff to embrace this and tackle it all together? Um, let's talk about it on multiple sides of that conversation. One, internally as a staff, right? Um, this, this is a relationship building process as well. Conversation with our senior pastor, conversation with, you know, associate pastor, whatever that looks like, right? When we're talking about other staff, even the children's pastor, right? In many ways, Mm -hmm. we've got a lot, most of the time you're, you may have a kid that has a younger sibling. So what does that look like? How do we, how do we minister well to them? Um, in in a way that's also serving the parents when we can gather their entire family. Um, but I, I think sharing that vision, and I would say too, having sat in the role of campus pastor, um, you, there's not many senior pastors that are going to balk at the idea of your of your youth pastor walking in your office going, "Hey, I'm really trying to like." share the gospel with these family members. Do you want to like join me in that? They're probably going to be very excited about it, right? Yeah, uh, ho- yeah. Hopefully they are. Um, because at their heart, like that's what they're trying to do too, right? Like they want the whole family there on Sunday. And I think youth ministry is a little bit sometimes the top of the funnel of, man, we can reach teens and their friends and they'll maybe be some of the first to walk through the door. And so giving our senior pastor access to some of these parental relationships and making those connections, those invites, those mm-hmm. kind of things, especially if, if you're younger, you know, like um, maybe you are 22, 23 years old and you're talking about trying to connect with, you know, somebody who's in their mid fifties, you know, or early fifties or whatever <laughs> that looks like um, that, that may feel like a harder connection point, but that may be right in line with where your senior pastor's at and you can make that connection that really lasts. And so I, I think having conversations, talking through connection, that would be one of the things that I would encourage anybody to, to talk to their leadership about adding to even a weekly um, uh, meeting that you guys may have of, hey, what are, what are touch points that we have this week? Who are new touch points that that we can expand and connect with? Um, because if you've already reached out to mom and dad, having another pastor on staff to reach out as well from a different angle to be able to invite them to a small group or study mm. or something that is their demographic to to connect and, and teach them is is a huge win. Yeah, for sure. I think just those helping to build a culture of seeing parents discipled, bringing it up in meetings and talking about it and asking, asking leaders alongside of you, other staff member, that lateral leadership of saying, Hey, let's build a culture of this so that it's on the agenda. Often talked about often said, okay, this is, these are the problems we see. These are the solutions we can begin to take, I think, can go a long way here. Um, and it's as the student pastor, you're, that is something you'll have to do 
in relationship. And that's Chad. I love that's where you started because there may be some listening to the podcast right now. You may not have because of time or whatever, the relational equity to go to the person who is the adult ministries pastor. If that person is at your church and say, Hey, I really think that we can take a, like, what would it mean to focus on discipling parents or help me think through how to disciple parents or how can the student ministry come alongside what you're doing in adult ministry to see parents discipled? For some of you, that person might get defensive about that. And so. Yeah. Why is he trying to do my job? Right. Yeah, that's right. And so relationship with the other staff is so important. So if, if you're a little nervous about that, then spending time with those people, not with this agenda, but just to build relational foundations so that you can humbly approach these things is the first step. And it's, yeah. it's, it, it might be a longer process. Well, and not, and not bypassing if they are doing something right. And there's, there's yeah. value in that in realizing, okay, what is the work that they're already doing? How do I champion what they do and yeah. try to plug mom and dad into it? Man, uh, that's a great point because in a lot of cases, the stu- they just might not know what's going on yeah. because it's not their area of ministry. Like you may not know what the adult area has planned for the next year. So along those same lines in developing that culture or fostering an environment of discipleship among parents, one of the things that we've talked about, uh, On the podcast, we talk about this in training environments too, is to begin discipling parents yourself, spend some time, grab, you know, I'm definitely not saying it's a requirement, but if there's like a couple's Bible study that you and your spouse want to do with other couples that are parents, awesome. If you just want to take some, some moms or dads, you know, gender aligned kind of situation, wherever that is for you. And you want to begin discipleship with them with the intended purpose of, Hey, we're going to spend six to eight months together and we're going to do this. And here's the long-term vision. When we're done meeting, I'm going to challenge you to go get six other moms or dads and spend this amount of time with them in discipleship to begin that process. And that's something that, you know, going back again, develops an environment of discipleship, a culture of discipleship. I wish I would have done it earlier in ministry. I wish I would have been more engaged in that process. And what adult ministry person, what pastor would not want more of their people? Sure engaged in that kind of process, even if it's coming from you as the student pastor. One of the, on our church staff, one of the things that we've been talking a lot about over the last year and a half has been discipleship and what does discipleship look like and how do we disciple people? And you know what I mean? And a lot of times at, on a staff level, right, we're, we're looking at you know, everyone and trying to figure yeah. that out as a collective unit. Um, and, and so we really just begin to think and pray through of, and asking the questions of what did Jesus's discipleship look like? 
And one of the guys on our staff made this statement that has really stuck with me that I've mulled over a lot lately is he, he said, one of the, one of the most fundamental principles of Jesus's discipleship here on earth is that he was God who became man and dwelt among us. And that idea of God, God making himself accessible and with people, um, I think is a bedrock principle of discipleship. And so as a youth pastor and how we disciple people, it is making ourselves accessible to them, um, knowing them and getting to know them and, and figuring out where they're at. Um, I know that as a youth pastor, sometimes parents can be really scary, right? Like we're looking for approval and all these kind of things from them. Um, but at, at the core, like there are people that all of them are trying to figure out like who is God and how do I engage with them? How do I, what does worship look like? And what is sin? And all of these big questions. And I think as a youth pastor who cares for their kid to come alongside of them and to make ourselves accessible to their life and to ask honest thoughtful, caring questions of simply going, hey, where are you? And, you know, what is, what's God doing in your own heart? And how can I pray for you? Can begin that process of really knowing, okay, Lord, your promise in Matthew 28 is that you're here with me as I make disciples. And so what does that look like for this family, Right. Oh, I'm here and hey, mom and dad are struggling. We can begin to look at, you know, a marriage, you know what I mean, type study to walk yeah. through with them. Um, maybe, maybe dad has no background at all in church. And so, basic understanding of, you know, theology, doctrine, or just how to read the Bible, you know what I mean, mm -hmm. is exactly where we start. Um, but that all begins with allowing ourselves to be present in their life. Um, that's not quick, right? None of this is quick. And to be very honest, like if we're trying to do discipleship in the masses always, and we forget the principle that discipleship is something that's shared, that from the very beginning, we're meeting with these parents going, we want you to be a disciple as well who makes disciples. And so making yourself accessible to your kid is exactly what this is. That as you grow mom and dad and as the Lord transforms your heart and transforms your life, that you live that out faithfully in front of your middle school and your high school student. And you have these same conversations of what, what are your thoughts on God or what are you reading or, what does prayer look like for you? Um, because parents don't have to be some sort of like master level prayer, right? Or prayer, right. however you say that. They just have to be faithful and invite their kid into that process. And I think we have to remember that as well. Like youth pastor, you don't have to be the expert yeah. in parent ministry. You don't. You don't have to be the expert in youth ministry. You have to listen to the Lord and be faithful to what you're doing and live out authentically what you're saying. And I believe that if we can move 
all of us in that direction, I think parents are going to cling on to that as well. Um, and it's something that they can model. Um, and I think that that's Jesus-centered discipleship of realizing, hey, as a parent, you're going to mess up in front of your kid. They see all the hypocrisy that you are. They Absolutely. do. Absolutely. Yeah. But, but thankfully and hopefully what they've really learned through that process is mom and dad can ask for forgiveness. Mom and dad's not perfect, but we have a savior who is and who loves us and forgives us. I mean, that's the type of discipleship that we want them to teach their children anyway. And what better people to teach their children than that, than their children that have seen them, you know, screw up royally. Yeah. Um, and so that's, uh, I think that's authentic. I think that's real. I think that's more than like, okay, here's four quick steps on how to, you know what I mean? Make something happen at a macro level, but to really get in the weeds of discipleship and to be faithful with it. Yeah. It's interesting because there, you know, we could talk about strategies and philosophies and all of these things. It just really comes down to caring and loving people and taking the time to be with them. I think so. Like, I, I think I think we need to be wise with strategy. I, I, there, sure. There's such great value in that. But at the end of the day, like, I, I, <laughs> Jesus walked around pointing people to the kingdom, fed them and healed them, you know what I mean, and revealed that he was yeah. God. Um, and obviously, there's a lot of great strategy to learn from Jesus. Um but it's authentic. It's messy. And it has to be, I think. And I think, especially when we're talking about parent ministry, like the curtains pulled back, like (laughs) these parents have already showed themselves to their kids for 13 years. You know what I mean? Like a one page PDF document with some great (laughs) questions. Is it going to change that? (laughs) No, that's right. That's right. And it is, like, I think it is a strategic decision. Like if a student pastor is going to sit and say, parent ministry is going to matter to me, which means I need to spend time loving and caring for parents and discipling them and doing the things that we've talked about in this episode. That's a strategic decision of time, because that means that I won't be doing some of the other things that I was doing. Sure. Or I need to do them more efficiently in right. order to get time to do this. Or I need to train other people to do some of the things that we're talking about doing so that this happens. So it is, yeah, it is a strategic decision to move in this direction. Um, I'm just, I'm encouraged by the end of the day, we sometimes make things really complicated and then we look to Jesus and say, man, he just spent time with a lot of people and authentically loved them where they were and called them to a better place. Right. Well, and, and I think that, I think when we're talking about parent ministry, I mean, like it or not, parents are concerned about their kids. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, to have, to have a big strategy and all this kind of stuff. They're always going to ask, well, what does that mean for me? And you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And maybe that's selfish and all those kind of things. 
Um, and I think you're exactly right, Ben. In the same way that we've asked, and, and many of our student ministries have grown to this understanding of, hey, to disciple kids well, I have to build a team of leaders to do that. Yeah. I think we've got to start thinking about that at a parent level as well. If we're, yeah. if we're building, if we have a larger ministry and we're building volunteers to serve students, we've got to be thinking at some level about building volunteers to care for students. And I think that goes back to this bigger question that we're talking about. How do we partner with uh, other ministers on our staff? How do we not throw everything out and realize that, okay, our Sunday school department, our small group department for adults in a way is doing some of the things that we're talking about, but how do we talk about it at a philosophical level with our staff to get everybody on the same page? Um, Breaking down these silos of our staff is going to do nothing but help us all um, to sit around tables together and think about ministering as a family together and that comes down to calendaring. What are we asking families to do? Thinking about them as whole units instead of yeah. just, I'm thinking about students, I'm thinking about kids, I'm thinking about adults. And then we have like programs that are conflicting with each other. Like you're on the same team, work together. Like yeah. our, our, our goal is to serve families and not just individual people inside those families. How do we do that? Um, I think even this isn't, hopefully this doesn't sound like a shameless plug or anything, but I'm, I'm new, I'm new on staff. Like I'm not even bought, <laughs> bought in yet, but I, I think that that's why things like the gospel project, right? The, the idea of curriculum at multiple levels where it, it's, you know, not only just students, but kids, you know, students, yeah. even adults has some real value to it because now we're starting to be. We're, we're playing on the same page. Uh, yeah. and, and I think that it allows for conversations to happen and those kind of things. So, yeah, everybody's moving in the same direction and it, it, it allows for more organic conversations to, to start because right. everybody's kind of in a similar place. Right. Um, or at least and looking that goes, at it from the same direction. Right. 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 And that, man, you listed a lot of things in coordination and calendaring and thinking about the family as a whole unit. And so the, the parents not dropping off an elementary kid over here and then 30 minutes later right. taking their middle school or high school or somewhere else, like all that stuff matters. And it helps to build trust with a parent mm-hmm. when the church begins to think through all of those things. Yeah, that's huge. Trust is big. I mean... One of you know our our values here at Lifeway is trustworthy experiences, and so yeah. I think as a youth pastor, we've got to be thinking about what we're doing in a way that to minister to parents is you know it goes beyond just that relationship aspect, but um, thinking through how our ministry is seen from the eyes of a parent, I think is huge. So, t- talk to me just briefly, Ben. You know as Trustworthy is one of our values here. What have you learned as as our lead of how do we evaluate what trustworthy is, those kind of things, and how did, how could that apply to a youth pastor who's trying to figure out is what we do seen as trustworthy? Yeah. Well, trustworthy, like in our team, we talk about trustworthy as it has to be biblically sound. 
-hmm. you know, like when we put a resource in the hands of, of a student pastor to use, like as you guys are listening to this podcast, when you listen to the podcast, when you order a resource, when you go to a camp or come to a training event that we do, that trustworthiness is, you know, that that's going to be biblically sound. Hmm. Now it doesn't mean that everyone's going to agree with everything sure. because that's not possible, <laughs> but it's that it is going to be biblically sound. And so that that's where it starts. Additionally, though, uh, we've done a lot of work. So I've been here uh, almost 10 years now, a couple months shy. And one of the things we started doing when I first got here was gathering groups of youth pastors. We call them advisory boards. And so most of the resources that leave our building, uh, our events have advisory boards of student pastors. And that is asking people like you that are listening to this podcast to be a part of our development process to say, does this resource work in your context? Yeah. Tell us how, tell us why it doesn't. And it's inviting the people that we say we're going to serve to speak into how we serve them mm -hmm. rather than just sitting back and saying, we believe this is how you need to be served. Yeah. It's taking the posture of saying, student pastors, you're the experts come sit with us, tell us what life is like in the trenches where you serve, and then let us do the expertise that exists on this side of things in content editing and writing and uh, event planning and management and those kinds of things to then create something that you've told us you need. So those are a couple of the things that trustworthy means to us. It's, it's taking the posture of help us understand how to serve you best. And then the biblically sound piece of it, of course. I mean, this, that has been something that Lifeway has been for over a century is people can trust that it's going to be biblically sound. That's huge. And I think those are, those are great things to think about as a youth pastor. I mean, the, the message that we teach on Wednesday night, I mean, I, I think we would all say, yeah, it's biblically sound, but like, are, are we really putting that time and effort, you know what I mean? And, and really thinking yes. through like, how are we communicating the importance of that? Um, and, and so here's the parent ministry piece of it, um, because <laughs> we've all experienced this. You preach your heart out on Wednesday night <laughs> and it's, dude, it is biblically sound. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and then that seventh grader jumps in that car and mom and dad go, Oh, what'd you guys, you know, talk about tonight? Well, what are they going to say? They're going to, they're going to take that one sound bite of that <laughs> weird story that you told, you know what I mean? And, uh, Oh, there was this ferret that, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and that's all that the parent, that's, that's what they see. That's the trustworthiness of it. And so being able to communicate to mom and dad, like, Hey, this is really what we talked about tonight. You may hear this story about, you know, me pouring Pepnobismo on somebody, but like, <laughs> I need you to know that more happened. Um, yeah. I think that, that that's huge. I love the, the concept of the advisory board of thinking yeah. through like, how do we have dialogue with parents as a whole 
and mm. figure out how to really serve them. Because your con, the, your context may be different than everybody yeah, else. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I think that's huge. I, I remember back in the day, like, I'm a, I'm a big email guy. I'll send out emails till I'm blue in the face, all that kind of deal. Um, but I remember my parents were like, we don't read the email. You know what I mean? Like, nothing against it. They're great. That's not where we're at. Yeah. Um, and for them and for that group, like they love to text, all that kind of stuff. And so making sure that it's being sent out both ways, you know what I mean? But to be able to serve them effectively and to hear, I think yeah. is huge. It is, man. Like, in, And even going to the step and inviting them into the process and saying, what do you need? Mm. It's a really powerful question. Yep. Like just, hey, what do you need from me? From our student ministry, what do you think your student needs? And that that can give you a lot of insight into into how to best pastor those people. Yep. And you mentioned that context might be different from like you might have a very unique context. And I think like youth pastors that if you've served in one place and now and you've moved and served in another place, the context of those parents are going to be very different too. And so this. There are principles and uh, tent poles, so to speak, that I think can be carried over, but the people are going to be different. And so the way yeah. the needs and the way that we pastor them is going to have to be different too. Right. Yeah. And, no, and knowing that, right. Getting in there, yeah. having those relationships, asking those questions is huge. And it's not to make it a selfish thing, but my, my time in ministry, when I really like ask at a very genuine level, like, Hey, how can I help you? Yeah. Um, over and over again, those people became some of my best volunteers, like parents that we connected with and really started serving well became that they, they then asked the question, how can I help you? Uh, yeah. cause they, they feel cared for, um, they're growing in the Lord, their kid is as well. And so to come next to them and go, Hey, how do I serve you better? A lot of times you get some of that feedback of, hey, man, I, I'm getting, I'm hearing what you're saying, these kind of things. How can I serve you? And then that's an open door of going, what are you doing on Wednesday from like, you know, roughly six to eight? Because <laughs> you don't have your kids at home. Maybe you're free. And then they start serving. And parents talk, man. They do. Um, one, of the, one of the really good ways to grow student ministry is to serve parents well because they will talk to their other parents and they will tell other parents that they need to get their kids there. It has effect. Yep, it does. And there, you know, I think this is probably close to universally true is that in your church, there are students in worship with their parents that don't come to your student ministry sure. stuff. And this is, you know, Chad just articulated one of the ways that you can close the gap on that. Producer Nathan, I'm going to come to you. Uh, you know, normally we have this uh, post episode breakdown of what our major takeaways are. But, you know, Chad's part of the family. We're all just here. That's right. Uh, so we're going to we're going to mix it up a little bit. I want to give you the last word on this, Nathan. And just what are you like? What stands out to you from this as you're as you've been listening and kind of taking all this in? Yeah, I think what really stands out to me goes back to what you had said, Chad. I think sometimes we we talk about evangelism from the stage. We 
we try to do evangelism. We look for like, you know, it's the, is it the person I see at the coffee shop every week? Is it the, is it the person I see at the gym? And I think sometimes we might just need to stop and say, is it Billy's dad, Hmm. you know, or is it so-and-so's parent? And I think not that the other people aren't important too, but I think sometimes we might literally be missing the opportunity right in front of our eyes that we see several times a week and we just don't realize it. I think for me, that's a huge takeaway back to what you said, Chad, is just simply walk with, walk with people, show them Christ, you know, day in and day out. And I think sometimes we just miss, we might really just need to open our eyes and see who's right in front of us. It's good stuff. Well, Chad, we're super excited that you're going to be on our team, that you're going to be thinking about helping, resourcing student pastors, leaders with trustworthy experience, trustworthy resources that can help them do parent ministry better. So super excited you're on the team. Can't wait to see what the Lord does in the the coming months and years. With that, this has been another episode of the Student Ministry Podcast from LifeWay. We'll see you next time.